Greetings and welcome to the Beyond Earth show. I am your host, Ray Trujillo, and as always, I thank you, all of you, for your presence upon this day. And it is a most beautiful celebratory day, especially for on my side of the realm, uh, September 9th, 2023. And I wanted to wish a beautiful, wonderful, magical unicorn birthday to my beloved Laurel my beautiful goddaughter. So happy birthday, Kristen Laurel. I love you so much. I'm so proud of you and who you are. So I also wanted to extend on some of the aspects in the continuation of the previous realms of the notions of the Virgo and also the retrogrades that are all interconnected for each and every one of us regardless if it's not our birthday today or it's a birthday tomorrow or our birthday has already passed so in the realm of the solar system and our internal solar systems in which we all have a balancing to reconfigure for ourselves throughout various times of our lives sometimes more so than others yet Right now, as I did mention before, and we're still in the midst of seven planets in retrograde. And so there's a lot ongoing and there's a lot of fruitfulness and there's a lot of opposition, a lot of conflict, remediation, a great deal of moments to revisit and moments to reconsider, double checking, triple checking, using your due diligence and your critical thinking, of course, your discernment, your discernment with wisdom and so on and so on and so it's a very good time also to really navigate through within the self and also to seek that abundance of your joy your bliss in the midst of any sort of moments of disarray discord and so when you are finding yourself in a moment of which you're seeking a bit of that necessity let's say of that mental fortitude and let's coincide that with spiritual fortitude enhancing both and if you have mental and emotional fortitude and you combine that of course with spiritual fortitude and then also of course physical the physiological fortitude in which the self-care in the biological body, the cellular f- function of the body. Everything has this beautiful symphony, and it's all in this alignment within itself. And so one could say, you know, what is in the materia, in the nature versus nurture aspect, right? So what comes first? So if there's perhaps if you're having an ailment or some sort of an accident that caused a difficulty upon the physical body, you know, it's so crucial to, of course, have your doctors, have your physical therapists, have any sort of um, ongoing long-term type of physical care to help to mitigate the unfortunate discomfort and pain that can happen to an injury, right? But if you align yourself also, just remind yourself, even if you're doing it already, that your mental fortitude and your spiritual fortitude alongside with whatever else is going on in the physical. And if you're perfectly physical right now, awesome, wonderful. Yet 
this is just the nature versus nurture and the dynamic of what can come first, what can you utilize when one is presented to you. So in the case of a physical, uh, let's say if there's an injury upon the body and you want to really instill and create that healing from the inner and also coordinate with the outer and your higher power, God, anything else that you want to align with to bring it in, anything of goodness to invoke and bring that in towards your biofield, towards your etheric body, that also will help with all of your metaphysical and then also your physiological structure. It's amazing what the mind can do. It's amazing what spirit can do. It's amazing what God can do. It's amazing what prayer meditation can do. And it's amazing what the trifecta can contribute to the self when one is a necessity of that. And so these are all aspects to consider with the structure and the custody of the mind and custody also of your own spirit when you believe that you are unlimited it's amazing what can actually be procured from that what can actually be a result of that and you know you see people all the time that they might have had a difficulty maybe they were unable to speak and mute and the spirit the mind and it transcends that limitation. So just giving examples out there, just to bond and also reminding myself when I speak of these things and also reminding myself as well, that those are very paramount focuses to remind ourselves in the tumult of this world. When we're going through the busyness, the chaos, the twilight zone of this particular realm at times, there's a heavenly realm here on earth, yes, but there's also the twilight zone that we have to contend with at times. And sometimes we just need a little reminder that it's okay to just assimilate, correlate that you're not limited to whatever has happened to you or whatever may happen, that whatever you can do with it, the power of your mind, the fortitude of your mind, the power, you know, the power of that strength and your spirituality and also the physicality of yourself it's amazing. We're miraculous machines. And when I speak of that also, what I did want to discuss for it, there are various magic and the magic that is created within each and every one of us. And that when you find your peace and your tranquility, during a the turbulence of this planet Earth at times. And when I speak of that, it's not a negativity. It's just that there is always something to contend with, that there's always something in the third dimension to which we can have delight, we can have the joy, we can have the plentifulness of the beauty of nature, the beauty of fellow mankind, the creature kingdom, Yet also there's the contrary of the miraculous moments. And so we have all these beautiful miraculous moments here upon earth and under God's creation and God's architecture and his artistic design, you know, however you want to classify that. But we also have our free will. And so when we have that free will that we're blessed with, regardless of if one 
believes in God or not, or any other source of all-knowing, the omniscience of a higher power, one cannot deny the elements of our choices and our decisions and our contributions and also our withholdings. And so when we do contribute to our fellow creatures, our fellow Mother Earth, our fellow humankind, and we contribute to ourself as well with self-love, self-care, when we contribute all of that charity, all of that compassion, all of that empathy, all of that love and goodness, there's a great deal of power there. There's a great deal of that supernatural power of love and that majesty of the self. And then on the contrary, when we withhold love and when we withhold peace and we withhold compassion, we withhold empathy, we withhold care, we withhold love in all of the realms of love. And then the contrary, yes, is conducive with corrosiveness. There's the corrosive realm and the shadows, the shadow aspects of many of the dark crevices of the world in which we know and we sometimes might not know of. And then when we know it, we're confronted with it. It's just a speck of a inner glimpse of that. And so we have to remind ourselves that even if that darkness is so great at times, the light is far greater than that darkness. And so daylight, sunlight, light of any type of power, uh, force, source, right, is literally the, you've heard this, that it's like a natural antiseptic, right? And in so many ways, light is an antiseptic in the metaphysical. And we have chances and opportunities to alchemize ourselves every single second, every single minute, every single moment. We have an opportunity to alchemize with the power of our mind, with the power of our spirit, and also enforcing with the power of our physicality and our metaphysical. We can alchemize so much. We can also do that for others as well when we posit as much prayer, meditation, mantras, chanting, whatever decrees work for you, or you can do a combination, whatever works for you. But the power of that, to have that, is tremendous. And so the goodness does outweigh the darkness, yes, but we are in spiritual warfare constantly since the beginning of time. And we see it in our daily lives. You know, um, yes, there are moments in which it feels biblical right now. Of course, you know, the last eons of time, we can, one can say this has been an ongoing battle, but we're living and breathing amidst that battle today and tomorrow, and it's not going away anytime soon. So these are moments in which there's that self-reminder that when we power ourselves up, when we align with self-care, self-love, that fortitude of strength, that fortitude of our capability, that fortitude of our belief system in a higher source, into God, into Buddha, into Kuan Yin, anything, you know, Muhammad, anything that works for you, that is what your sacred medicine is. And so, Sacred medicine is the antiseptic, the anecdote to all that is that pervasiveness of 
difficulty and that it's as if a at times a spiritual takeover can occur, but let's make it a great spiritual takeover, right? So when I speak of such elements that are in alignment in accordance with the opposite of goodness, right? That and there's that terror, the that pain and that destructiveness, the sadisticness that that what do we do to really navigate around that when we reach the Rubicon, right? What do we do? Do we fall to our knees? Do we surrender? Do we succumb? Do we pray fervently? You know, when Jesus was facing his most turbulent times and he would go and he'd pray in the garden and there was the fervor that praying fervently to just transcend and just get past and seek the best possible outcome. But there was a sacrifice for us all, no matter which way you look at it. There's the element of that fear occurs within all of us, no matter who we are, no matter how enlightened we are, no matter if we're ascended in so many ways, if we're also learning the path of our ascension, Fear is a component, but let's work with that fear to confront that fear. And that can be, maybe perhaps someone could say that's easier said than done, right? And yes, that's up for consideration. However, you realize that when you become more of a warrior of God or a warrior of peace, a warrior of goodness in a turbulent world, that you see beyond the veil and you see what is the goodness to be more afraid of what is left behind as opposed to what's before you, what's in front of you. That if you don't, I would say, embrace that state of grace, if you don't embrace that state of self-empowerment, because it's amazing what the mind can do. Again, when you apply that fortitude and you apply that, no matter if you're going through cancer, if you're battling cancer, if you're battling a, a, a horrible disease, if you're battling a very atrocious battle in the third dimensional realm of any sort, whether it's a custody battle or whether it's just you're going through a really turbulent time with your job or your family or your finances, so many aspects that are present to so many today. And there's the power of prayer, the power of meditation, the power of visualization, the power of your belief that whatever's confronted, whatever's presented to you, whatever you're confronted with, whatever's presented, you can essentially tackle and transcend it. And so when you align yourself with as much of that belief system, you've heard of thoughts become things, right? We have morphic resonance, we have quantum resonance, I mean, the whole entire magnetism of ourself. When we think goodness, we do attract goodness eventually. Yet when we're faced with so much defeat, it's very difficult to stay positive, right? So many of you can say that, like, well, I think positive all day, 
and I'm really trying, but my boss still fired me and I have 10 children to feed and I can't pay the mortgage now, right? That's a real circumstance, right? 63% of Americans right now are going through something like a dark night of the soul. So I wish I could have the anecdote for everyone across the board, but what I do have is to supply a little bit of that inference of positivity for everyone, whether it's cancer, whether it's financial, whether you're doing great right now, you just want to kind of have a reminder of how to just embrace the grace and the fortitude to align yourself and power yourself up during a great deal of spiritual warfare and the twilight zone that we are in. And so when you have this element, when you're faced with opposition, right, and there's that that element of surprise that's not so favorable, it can really defeat the soul. It can really defeat the mind and the spirit, of course, and also the telepathic realms of the heart, in which your heart actually can feel that attack. It feels like the pressure of the chest, the anxiety, and it's not just free-floating anxiety. It's actually true anxiety that's arising from the pain of something you saw, something you experienced, something you are confronted with, where you're just overwhelmed with worry or concern. Um, and that's a serious, real element to really provide a lot of compassion towards, self-compassion. So when these elements of the unfavorable surprise occur, one must find the time to literally stop for just a moment, to silence the self, to try their very best, even for one minute, if they possibly can, to quiet the mind, because these external forces, these, uh, let's say, they're corrosive at times, right? But then we lose sight of the positive forces. Do we forget to speak with our garden angel that's provided to you, no matter what you believe in? If you don't believe in God, that's fine also. But every single person who exists has a garden angel. And I spoke about that briefly in the previous show, but this is just a little reminder. You're a garden angel. You have one. All of you have one. And then some of you might have more and also spirit guides, of course, and that's a whole different topic. But when you go through various things, you're not alone. Even if you're raised to believe that you're alone, or even if you feel that you've been failed and that there's no such thing as God, because why would this happen on planet Earth if God exists? Why would a God let this happen? But because we have free will, and free will is a gift to all of us to do what we choose, to have the liberation of choice, and to have that spiritual and that emotional autonomy, to have the autonomy to choose if I want to be a good person, I want to rescue an animal, or I also have the freedom to say, no, I don't want to have animals. I don't care to have animals. That's fine. But you also have the autonomy to choose to do good for others or to also contribute negative and bad upon others, right? So that's the gift that we have in this third dimensional realm, planet Earth, Mother Earth, that we have choices. And yes, yeah, some things in our karma and our dharma that are out of our control at this particular moment 
that we feel are out of our control. But let's go back further in our, let's say, our spiritual defects or any type of karma that we've incurred or something we chose that we wanted to learn, something we wanted to experience. Maybe I did choose to have a certain occurrence, an infliction upon myself in a previous incarnation, right? Just speaking across the board here. But when we're faced with certain elements that are out of our control and we actually seek a garden angel and we want to stop and we want to actually seek the counsel of the Holy Spirit, seek the counsel of Kuan Yin, of Buddha, right? If we want to seek the counsel of Confucius, of anything, if we want to just talk to our higher self, our higher power, we don't even know what it is, fine. Whatever works for you, as long as it's feeling positive for you, and you actually engage with it, and you work with it, and you surround yourself with love and light and protection, and you insulate yourself, and you just talk for a moment, just one minute, just take one minute out of the stress, out of the anxiety, out of the fear, out of the dangerous territory of the mind for just a moment, you're right, when we detach, when, you know, like in Buddhism, they say, they speak of the beginner's mind, right? You clear the mind, you free yourself from any attachment, you just clear the mind. I know that can sound extremely difficult, but you don't have to be an ascended master. You don't have to be a, uh, let's say, a, a a bodhisattva living on earth to be able to be able to encapsulate even a nanosecond of that. It's possible with conscious reconditioning. And so with prayer, when we pray, when we chant, when we meditate, when we do any sort of that type of spiritual activity, mental activity, emotional activity, and heart telepathic based in the stargate of ourself, there is a conscious aspect of that reconditioning and a reprogramming, however you want to call it. It's essentially the same thing, but conditioning and programming can be at times synonymous, but then there are elements that can tangent out of that. So we can interchange that, use those words interchangeably for the time being. Yet when we look into the silence of ourselves for just that moment and we actually relax the mind and we also suspend all aspects of judgment. That's extremely paramount when we suspend all aspects of judgment. So I'm so sorry if your boss fired you and you have 10 children and you have mortgages to pay. And Oh my goodness, I totally can empathize. And, or if you just found out that you have a, your cancer is not improving and it's, these are real circumstances, real issues. I'm just giving examples, but these are real. This is reality. And so there are times when we just literally have to suspend the self-judgment because it's only normal for us. We as humans, uh, we are wired to blame ourselves, right? We are wired out of our emotional baseline to either blame others or blame ourselves or a combination, right? But when we're confronted with something, a dark night of our soul, a real confrontation of something that is seemingly out of our control and we have to surrender, give it to God, give it to a higher source, give it to the universe, give it to the cosmos. When we have to surrender, relinquish because it's beyond our control in that way, 
because we've suffered so much pain, then one of the most important paramount elements to really consider and to assess for the self is release of judgment. And that is also inclusive of releasing judgment towards others. Because as we can also judge ourselves or we can judge others and vice versa, because that judgment actually, while it does suspend a lot of the belief in a greater source, it's also suspending the beliefs of miracles and the belief of unlimited possibilities. And so when we inflict judgment upon ourselves or upon others or both, there's a high, high, high propensity that anything you're trying to manifest or to create or to pray for or to really, really magnetize into your life, the laws of divinity and the law of divine order and in the karmic realm of action, do good, be good, well, also be good to yourself. And I know that can be difficult at times because perhaps you're a wonderful person and you're good to everyone. You're good to everyone. You're even good to the smallest of creature, to the grandest of creature. You're good to even an enemy, right? You're just good all around. But are you good to yourself? If you're good to yourself, then awesome, wonderful, hallelujah. But if you're not good to yourself, really, really work on that self-care and good to yourself. We all go through this, especially people who are caretakers, people who go through vicarious trauma, people who are counselors, spiritual counselors, psychologists, physical therapists, nurses, these and doctors, people who are so hard to, for the benefit of others, to really serve others and to really help others, right? But if we don't insert some time for that self-care upon ourselves, you know, even if you're a mother, you're a single father, or you're, you know, you're taking care of your sick wife, your sick husband, your sick child, your sick grandparents, your sick neighbor, whatever capacity a caretaker is, if it's a best friend you're caring for, you know, and they're, they're very ill with a severe autoimmune disorder and they're going to, you know, it's very difficult for them to move through the world and they can't function. There's always that moment to take care of the self whenever you think you can't is the times that you really need to do it the most, even if it's for 10 minutes a day to just reset yourself. But when you have that sort of space, a sacred space, it doesn't have to be a long drawn out thing, but it resets yourself and then also releases any of that judgment of the, of the self in which we can experience at times that uh, sense of martyrdom in the way that, oh, well, God, I don't deserve to treat myself to a massage because my neighbor is suffering and dying and how, but you might need that massage for your physical body, for your spiritual body. You might need that to release the tension of all that stress that you've absorbed to helping your neighbor or your family member or anyone. I'm just saying examples here. So just look at the inner dialogue of the self and you trust yourself. You trust yourself. And whether you're on the receiving end of the caretaker or you're the one going through a dark night of soul um, and you have someone that helps you have faith in yourself. And also the person who is the doctor, who is the nurse, who is the counselor, have faith in yourself also, because 
if we have faith in ourselves and we have that self-trust, even when moments can be beyond challenging, then you listen, you take a moment to, to step inward and really reflect and listen to that inner dialogue. See what you feel, see what you hear. You can journal also. You know, they say that the first 20 minutes of journaling is really processing the subconscious elements of the self, right? And so, you know, um, there's this wonderful author, and right now I can't, okay, I think her name is Julia Cameron. Wait, I'm trying to remember. Julia Cameron. Okay, I think that's her. Forgive me if it's not. But she is an amazing writer. Um, she would write books. I haven't read them in quite some time, but the writers, the right to write the writer's way, different things. But she used to speak of in her books and they're wonderful books, but she used to say to literally create collages or just read random types of tabloids or something just to kind of recenter yourself or just to kind of get out the murk that's in your mind first. Right. And it's actually really helpful to do things like that, just to journal, even if it's like the cat flew over the moon, the owl went into the river on the boat with emerald diamonds, right? Just anything that's in the subconscious. Um, and then the real inner voice, the real inner dialogue starts to unfurl itself after some time. And some people, it might be days, it might be hours, it might be weeks, it might be months, it might be years. And some people, it could be instantaneous, right? Just saying. So there's no pressure. But when you do this for yourself, that inner dialogue, and everyone out there knows what I'm speaking of, the people especially that have the resistance where it's like, I'm just waiting for that inner dialogue and I just can't hear it. I've been waiting years for it, right? And I just can't hear it. Those individuals know exactly what I'm referring to. Sometimes there's resistance. There's a blockade because... Of course, it's only natural. There's fear. The fear, we all have fear, right? We're wired to have fear for survival. And in these instances, in this third dimensional realm in which we're not running from woolly mammoths, right? But we do have the fear of our neighbor. We have a fear of someone in the competitive world. We have a fear of X, Y, and Z being betrayed by a best friend. I mean, we have being betrayed by a family member. We have so much fear ongoing in so many ways. It's a very different type of fear than it would be in perhaps our, let's say, prehistorically caveman days, right? But we are wired for fear as part of our epigenetic resource to survive, right? So in order to have, if we don't have that fear, that proaction of fear, then we will just lay and succumb to be slaughtered and not run, not find a way out, right? So there's the elements that serve us of fear and also the elements that do not serve us. So when we're in this and we're really working with, you know, fortifying our mind, fortifying our spirit, fortifying our physicality, right? Fortifying the temple, the sacred temple of God, our body, mind, our spirit, right? The Trinity of ourselves. And so when it's most challenging to listen to that inner dialogue, and when we look into the interior life of ourselves, 
if there's something that we're really afraid to find out, really afraid to seek, really afraid to actually let go of. Perhaps there's a fear of being successful. Perhaps there's a fear that you have a gazillion elements of talent and all the ingredients, the necessity, uh, the requirements, anything, the prerequisites to uh, entail a most profound life, but maybe you're afraid that if you actually have it, that it might be taken away or might lose it. What do you do when you gain it? What happens when you actually achieve your dream? There's the follow through with that. Do I have the ability to maintain it? Do I have the ability and capability to be able to have a stronghold of it and to carry it through with longevity, with my due diligence, my spiritual due diligence? Do I have the discipline to actually carry it through? Do I have the discipline to maintain it? Do I deserve it? All of these self-infliction notions can occur, right? And perhaps sometimes that can be the fear. If we confront that fear, you work with it safely or with a trusted professional, or if you just have to do it yourself, then take your time with it. But there's a lot there. And then if it's fear based on some other elements that are on a psycho-spiritual trauma or any type of other traumatic event in your life, of course, seek definite professional help with that for sure. But when I'm speaking of goals and I'm speaking of the transcending the realm with the spirit and the mind and transcending the limited, the limitation mind, right? That's what I'm referring to when there's a fear of that you might be the greatest author. You might write something so profound that will help millions of people, millions of children, millions of animals, the earth, the future of the world right? I'm just giving an example there again. So what could be that fear? So you look at it categorically in your mind that when you give yourself the permission to relax the mind and be content for even a moment, and you suspend the aspects of the judgment, you suspend the belief of that you are un- worthy the unworthy pattern you you also suspend the belief the false belief that you're not good enough which is also conducive and interchangeably utilized of course at times with you know unworthy you're not good enough um all those self-denigrating inner speeches that we've all endured at some point in our life whether it was the influence of someone else in our life who put that bad seed in our head that said you're never going to be an opera singer. You're never going to be a ballerina. You're never going to be the principal ballerina. You're never going to be that Nobel Peace Prize winner. You're never going to be that. Well, there are countless, countless, countless living, breathing, real life in this tangible third dimension success stories. The people that were told they can never achieve that. They're winning in the Special Olympics. They're learning how to walk again. They're learning how to live life again. They're learning how to enjoy life again, no matter what the trauma. You know, of course it takes a village. It takes a lot of that. Also takes a lot of that belief. 
what is the one common denominator between all of these success stories of the seemingly impossible, even till the end, even until the very end, what is the most common denominator? That the belief system of judgment, the belief system of limitation, the belief system of unworthiness was all suspended. So there's a vast importance and significance with suspending judgment all across the board, suspending that self-judgment, because that's that self-denigrating discourse that is so vitriolic, and it's infernal. But if we were to say to ourselves, you know what, even if I don't win the Nobel Peace Prize, I'm just going to write five pages a day. I'm working three jobs. I've got 10 children. I just lost my job. You know, I know it's a different time today in the year 2023, but look at J.K. Rowling. I mean, I'm just saying, when there's a belief, look at all these people. I could go on and on. You have people who just really are living phoenixes. You have so many elements of that wondrousness of the human dedication in the mind and the spirit. I'm just, you know, you have all kinds of people that can, and some people who really try and they really, really, really put all their effort in. And, and even if their life was cut short, they went out fighting. They left this earthly dimension fighting the good fight for themselves. And they have that honor and that integrity with that discipline and that self-love that they have that moment, even if you have 30 days left to live, but you're like, you know what, I'm going to make the most of it, even if my quality of life is not good and I can't, you know, do everything on the bucket list I want to do, but I'm literally bedridden, but I'm really going to do whatever I can in my mind and pray and just talk and have an inner dialogue and really just be grateful for everything I can be grateful for right now. And just whatever I wasn't able to succeed and to accomplish in this life, I'm going to give myself a total pardon. I'm going to give myself this relinquishment of that self-judgment. I'm going to release that judgment of myself that, you know, that, that really difficult place of that when you incur your own inner wrath, because that voice, your interior voice, no matter what it might be that says to you, yeah, you know, you're just not worthy of it. That's the time to transcend it. So whatever the case may be, there's a lot of power in utilizing, transcending the self-limiting belief. And whenever you're in this place of that, I would say you want to reignite your joy. You want to re-empower yourself. You want to just shiny your mirror, right? the inner reflecting God and the mirror within yourself. So you have a chance every day, every moment to revisit that. And what do you want to do with it when you have the opportunity to do so? And that's the beauty of it is that you can reinvent yourself. You have a choice to reinvent yourself. And there's a hermetic dictum, right? That, as above and so within, so without, and as above and so below. All of you have heard that hermetic dictum. Yet, in addition to that, 
we can also consider this, that let us rejoice. The veils are being lifted. Those are the veils of ourselves. Let us rejoice. The veils are being lifted. What veils? Our own self-imposed veils of limitation? The veils of someone else who is hypercritical upon us? And yes, yeah, sometimes there are moments where, yes, constructive criticism is warranted. Yet when it's not warranted, and when it's just a judgment, it's an attack, right? We've all been there. We've had a, a so-called person, right, of any sort and form inflict their judgment upon us, right? And yeah, we have free will. So we can also thereby turn and reciprocate that self-judgment with another judgment, right? But then who wins? Because now we're just feeding a core wound. But if we just accept it, if someone throws an attack with judgment, when it's not warranted, it's definitely, there's a dichotomy between, you know, constructive criticism and judgment. Very different here. Extremely different. They're not synonymous. So when it is an attack and a judgment upon someone, and that person is in the modality of kindness and goodness, and they absorb it, they don't just seek back with a vengeance and just retaliate just to retaliate. Um, there's a lot to process within that. And then does that judgment become true and real and valid to the innocent party that was the recipient of the attack? And this is where I step in and I say, is there truth in this judgment? Do you believe in this judgment? Do you believe in this attack? And if you say, no, actually, I don't. Well, maybe I do. I'm confused now. Well, yeah, because these psychological attacks at times occur. And then, you know, we could go into gaslighting. We could go into projection. We can go into psychological manipulation. We can also go into the drama triangle and also the personality defects of others that want to just be sadistic and harmful to others, right? And so there's a lot of maliciousness, yes. And that's, again, all part of the spiritual warfare that we're all going through right now. But what we do is instead of feeding back into that spiritual warfare, we give ourselves the alchemy. We power ourselves up with that love, with that light, with that virtue, with that grace. And instead of that judgment, that attack, we armor up with the shield of God, the shield of Heavenly Father, the shield of the Holy Light, the shield of Mary, the shield of Buddha, the shield of Kuan Yin, of Tara, of Kali, of the Shekinah, of Archangel Michael, of David, of Allah, whatever it is that you need to utilize to grant yourself that protection. And then you'll notice that the deflection occurs in the eyes of God, in the eyes of the universal realm, the cosmic framework of our heavenly kingdom, the cosmic framework that provides us our nurturative holy substance that that's not a truth, my dear. That person is speaking vitriol towards you. Do not absorb that. Do not let that define you. That's not your narrative, 
right? So there are the narratives that people might conspire to think of you, right? But that's just a reflection of their inner framework. And at times when we're in that moment of receiving energy, right, we may not have the mental fortitude at that time to have that quick-witted reflex to really go into hyper-analytical mode of, oh, that's just because that person is going through their own suffrage, right? It can, we sometimes, we can't always do that in just a nanosecond of time, right? But we just say, no, 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 that's not true. That's not true. I'm just sending this person compassion right now because I am not in accordance with that. And so when I speak of that also, when we look upon our cellular function, right, what we absorb, there's also the, there's the major rays of ourself. We have the elements of our etheric body, our soul star, our biofield, our major chakras. We have meridians all over our body in our etheric self. So we're all these energetic spiritual beings and in the third dimensional, in the mundaneness of it, this is what I speak of again, in the spiritual dynamics that are not conducive to the purification, the sanctification, the empowerment of our fellow beings when we're confronted with that corrosive energy or judgment and even if ourselves, when we judge ourselves, right? That's also what I'm speaking of, of course, yet we can transcend that. And so to empower ourselves to really emulate our best self, that we seek the power of our own abilities that we're blessed with, that we have worked with God to achieve, or we have worked with our karma to achieve, or we have really worked with the universe to achieve. And it's this beautiful coexistence this is beautiful you know i would say like a partnership the dynamic of give and share and take and okay we're reciprocating here i'm contributing so look at where what's being withheld from you right now and look at what you've contributed and if you've contributed triple fold and you're being withheld from Look at the obstacle, whatever it could be in the divine order of, is there a fear present? Is there a judgment of yourself present? Just try to analyze that and look for yourself. And when we do incur that self-dialogue, what happens to our inner and our intergalactic, or let's say our connections to our starseed realm, to our intergalactic family our divine family, our ancestral lineage, all of that that's under God's kingdom. That again, you know, when the veils and we're we, we were rejoicing in the veils that are lifted and as above and what's so below, when we truly utilize that there's an ultra prism of light around all of us and each and every one of us. And then we're reminded that we're truly made in the image of God and that we're truly made in this divine metaphysical supernatural ability to live and breathe and to just help one another. And we can think and harken back to our Atlantean days and um, 
you know, if you don't believe in it, then okay, then Plato's wrong, but that's fine. But when you think of the vibrational patterns and in the way that our old world was, we can think of Elohim, we can think of all of the points of light that, you know, were presided over and we had the 12 high priestesses, you know, and the corresponding priests that worked beside them. And I mean, we have emissaries of divine mother earth here with us, you know, you listening to the show, we can all be divine emissaries of mother earth, but we have to start with ourselves just to work on ourselves, to power up those places that have energetic leaks. And so when we look at the divine holy universe and we look at the unity of love and what it can flourish within us, and we are able to transcend those limiting belief systems with self-love and self-care and self-compassion, self-nurture, self-belief, we also share that with our fellow brother and sister, right? No matter what side of the equator that they're on or we're on, or we share this world collectively. We are all essentially one. Even if we have completely starkly, vastly contradicting belief systems, like I could be full-fledged into my belief system and someone could be completely atheist or someone else could be completely agnostic or some, it doesn't matter. We're still connected. And that's the beauty of our existence here is that we're connected and if we have a sole common denominator of that we just want to love and to pause at love and provide meritorious inferences upon our planet earth upon our fellow neighbor no matter what our belief system is but if we're imparting goodness we have something in common if we are imparting kindness we have something in common. If we are imparting love, we have something in common. If we are imparting confidence and nurture in any capacity, we have something in common. So in those commonalities that we can share, even if a trillion other beliefs are vastly different, the core realm of this transcends so much of the core wounds that we are all being presented with today and yesterday and we could say yesteryear but we also it's not going to cease now it's not going to stop it's just going to increasingly go towards a different direction yes but that's why we internally must also increase and go in our own inner direction navigate ourselves to transcend to proceed to work with that to overcome whatever is upcoming and then we can be favorably surprised then and have the element of favorable surprise because my goodness what a glorious day that will be right so again in the virtue of our society right and when we have a let's say when I speak of our soul levels and our soul levels and, you know, and we really want to bring the reflection of heaven upon earth, we really want to bring it, you know, draw down the celestial, have a moment here where we can really share that greatness. 
And even if whatever is attainable, you know, remember this, that if you will it, so it will be. If you will goodness, then goodness will prevail. If you will darkness, darkness will totally be happy to come up and enslave and shackle you, right? Burden you. But if you really call upon that light and you really call upon that love and that grace and that virtue and you will it into your sphere and also the sphere of everyone else around you, if you just walk out and you just speak to the moon, the sun, the, the trees, the butterflies, the beetles, if you talk to the ants, the spiders, the bumblebees, you know, the pollinators of this world, if you talk to the mountains, if you speak to the grass, if you speak to every sentient creature, if you literally say hello to the universe, you say hi to God, you respect, there's a reverence there, you revere the sustenance of Mother Earth, of what we're provided here. We go into a state of grace, we go into a state of gratitude, that even if in the third dimension that we have others to contend with and things that are not so favorable, there are still moments that we can impart that gratitude and we just say thank you. We just say thank you for this Mother Earth to let us inhabit it, right? We thank you for sharing your world with us. Let's make it better. And that might sound so cliche, but there's truth in that. There's truth in that. If we actually all collectively speak that to ourselves each day, even for a moment, and we adopt that principle, so much difference can change collectively. So like I said, I could be here on this side of the equator. Someone could be on the other side of the equator. But if we have that shared commonality, that sh shared inference, that's a brother, that's a sister from another mother somewhere over there. Wow, we are walking in a state of grace. We are walking in a state of plentitude. We are walking in the virtue of our realm of heaven upon earth, bringing heaven to earth. And in closing, though, in closing, and thank you all for your presence today. I appreciate all of you. I, I did want to just remind you that in the color spectrum of the vibrations, in which I was speaking of when you absorb the energy, good and bad, right, negative and positive, that your vibrations do equate to the rays of God, that your vibrations literally within the context from the Godhead of yourself to the threefold flame, there's threefold flame of love. And also it reminds you that all of you are worthy of the love of God, the love of the creator. All of you are worthy to make it better, to let your life become as great as it can be, whatever you're going through. And if it's attainable, that self-love is attainable and you will will it into your sphere into your realm and if you can transcend the negative self and you can literally be able to achieve greatness because when you transcend the negative self you can transcend into and cross over the rubicon of all of the possibilities so suspend any negative belief system but insert and apply the magic that you all behold and never forget that that positive energy the positivity is literally the dawn of returning to your naturally pure spiritual state 
where you naturally bring love and surround yourself with that positivity always and you will attract more joy and more power of the supernatural power of love and so it's just also to um we have some more planetary shifts upcoming which i'll discuss in the next show and i wanted to thank you all of you for today and i am your host ray trujillo of the beyond earth show and i wish you all a most magical day and weekend thank you so much bye <laughs>